music industry. Are you ready so for you it? So you think you want to be in the Let's music go. industry? It's about the crew. We're out here right now. What's up, guys? It's your boy Noah Shake here with Funhouse Entertainment, and you're listening to episode two of So You Want to Be in the Music Industry. On our podcast today, we have the one and the only James Corfus with us. He is the lead guitarist and vocalist for Capital Soiree, and he also plays guitar in Friday Paz Club. I've had the pleasure of knowing James for the past four years. He helped grow Funhouse when it first started, playing some of our first few shows. And ever since then, he's become a real homie with me, with all of us actually, and just helping grow together as a band, as a community in Chicago. That being said, let's not waste any more of your time and let's get into it. Episode two of So You Want to Be in the Music Industry, we're at 2112. Here with James Corfus of Capital Soiree, dude. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So James, that's that's how I know you, Capital Soiree. What's and and you're the cruncher. That's how I know you. The (laughs) cruncher, yes. What? Yeah. You don't know what does that mean? No, what? What's the cruncher, James? The cruncher was born when we were on tour, the the Funhouse tour to South by South by 2016, 2017. 2017, 2017 at the Indianapolis date. Ooh, that was a fire show. Julian missed that. That was a fire show. That one was actually like probably our favorite. I was gonna say, yeah, I was gonna say it was was a a little burlesque vibe, like room and everything. Yeah, Yeah. White, White Rabbit Cabaret. That yes. was the venue. Those spots. I missed that whole tour because I thought I was going to fail fucking religion class. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> of all things to miss. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And I was so pissed that I like ended up leaving earlier. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that was the dumbest decision of my fucking life. Right, dude. Cause I was, we went to fucking. You were, I thought you were in Austin though. Were you? Yeah, in Austin? For yeah. Literally, for a little bit. Like two, one or two days. That's it. Yeah, the you know. Yeah. And we had like seven days worth of shows. Yeah, yeah. And like I Ten met you guys, I think, or something. Well, with like this, I think it was like with the stuff that we did. I don't know. With the Capital Soiree stuff that started in like yeah Indianapolis because yeah, we so did we, like those other dates. You were there. We all were there for three one. Uh, the first kickoff, and then we went to Champagne, and then we went to Indianapolis, yep. and then you met them at NOLA for like two days, and then yeah. you busted over to Austin, Texas, and then you flew out of Austin, Texas, and then Greg and I took over from there. I know. I let... Sorry, Dad, but I let the fucking parental <laughs> <laughs> units get into my head. Like, you need to pass this class it was, and, like, it, it was whatever. Lit. We'll plan another tour, Drew. It's okay. Dude, yeah, honestly, yeah. I before we get into you, that tour was such a bitch to book. That was the hardest tour that yeah. I've ever booked. Shout out shout out to you. For real. That <laughs> shit was so... Drew on that Yo, one. but for real, some of those shows were, like, such, like, throwaway shows. Like, the show that we played... In New Orleans, yeah. at that crazy dive bar, oh, yeah. with the crawfish boil, that was shit. You know, yeah, that like was, that was that was definitely like of that whole experience. That was like our rock bottom moment <laughs> there. <laughs> like, well, because that drive too, the, the drive, drive. Was so far, and we like kind of made a stupid decision to visit a friend at like University of Alabama before that, and so like we're all exhausted. Like we've been driving since like who the fuck knows when in the morning. Yeah. yeah. And then by the time we get there, we're like, okay, like waiting. Like we went because we wanted to like make use of like, oh, we're in NOLA. Like we got to go like walk around, see yeah. shit. Yeah, so yeah. then we're like tired. Like we're at load in, like we're waiting. And then they're like, 
oh yeah you guys don't play till like 1 a.m and we were all just like <laughs> I need to go to bed like now. Just hits you. I like. I don't even remember like what we got paid that night because it was a free yeah, show. I don't know. I, and... know I got a couple well drinks. If that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's currency. That's currency. Sad man payments. But yeah, that tour was fucking crazy. And flash forward to now, y'all just came out with a record, being lonely. Mm-hmm beautiful record mm-hmm. i said earlier that i'm all seventeen thousand streams <laughs> right there because heavy listening there drew <laughs> i think i've honestly listened to it every day like fire no bullshit yeah. in, the, in the shower you. you know in bed crying and some things you play and repeat well it's kind of fucked up because it is very sad okay you know? it is, i mean yeah it is it's kind of there's definitely some uh some bummer tunes on there but <laughs> no i but i like it though you yeah. know what i mean hey, yeah. you know and like i don't want to be like oh like what's your inspiration for being lonely you know like right. that's fucking that's such a yeah it's such what, a generic what question happened with a million ways like where'd that come from that spark of like creativity to make that song that song was actually a demo that i had on my laptop yeah like for a really long time like okay, what year like what year what year <sighs> maybe 2017 maybe 2016 Oy. i don't even know this okay. song was like sometimes it takes something work. that was kicking around for a while mm-hmm. and like i knew i liked the hook yeah like of that and that's what i had i had the hook and it was like worked into this demo yeah that sounded like completely different production completely different instrumentation like yeah, yeah. totally different altogether and then like it was one of those tunes that kind of was like kicking around for a minute and yeah, it's like, like, i okay. always knew i liked it but like the verses were all completely different verses and the whole song like the vibe was just like off mm-hmm. and then like Feel one that. day uh and this this was yeah this was 2019 so like not not like crazy like late mm-hmm. like not too long ago like maybe a year ago from around now yeah I like was thinking of the song and I like remembered it and I was like, man, like I want to finish that fucking song. What, like, what I gave you that spark though? What gave I don't you that know. spark? I kind of was thinking of like, I was thinking of songs because I wanted a song, which is kind of like a weird, it's a weird just like music, like songwriter thing. But I wanted a song that started with the chorus really bad. Okay. Mm. And like for me, that was like, I love that hook yeah. and I want to like make something that I don't know. I was like, I knew I loved that hook, and I thought it would be the perfect like hook to like start yeah, a track. You has to come back to it. Yeah. Yeah, and it was like one where it's like, because I've written a ton of songs, and I feel like so many like I throw them out, and mm-hmm. I don't end up coming back to them. But for some reason, that was one that like why are artists like that stuck? Why are the, there's always a rolodex of like uncomplete songs, and especially with like EDM producers yeah. that I know. Sometimes you can't get there with it. I no, feel like sometimes you're just like... At what point as a producer do you say like, okay, we spent enough time on this one project. When yeah. is it like, okay, not time for the next one? Or do you spend another eight hours trying to finish it? Right. And I mean, that's what I'm saying though. Like I put this one to bed for years, like two years maybe. Okay. A year and a half, two years, something like that. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. But it just took a nap though. Yeah, it's, it took you a nap. T- you, it you, took you, a nap. You tucked it in. Right. You didn't put it to bed, and you like, know? You know like, al- you just... Alarm went off. Yeah. Rewrote all the verses, completely reworked the entire song, redid mm-hmm. all the production, all the instrumentation, and that's how we got what we have now. And actually, Damn. this is the one, that's the one tune on the record that was co-produced by Big Bobby. Who's uh, Big Bobby? Uh, Drew Polovic. Uh, <laughs> Big Bobby. Okay, Big there we go. Bobby. Yeah, I came in hot, like, giving Drew, like, accolades, and it's actually all 
just James. No, no, Drew did like he took this that track like to the next level because that was like I struggled with that song. I mean, you know, as I'm saying, like it was old. Years, years, yeah. Couldn't hit it. Finally got it like close, but yeah. still I was like, there's something about it that's like not quite there. Yeah. And so I took it to uh to Bob. Well, I actually sent him all the demos and he was like super nice and he was like, you know, I love these tracks. Like, let me know like if you are trying to like mm-hmm. collab on one of them or any of them or anything, like let's make it happen. And I was like, this is the one song where like you need to come in because he's big Bobby and the song's big. <laughs> it's the biggest song on the yeah, right. Yeah, I was, got that, I was like, gonna ask you big energy. So like, yeah, he, I feel like it was like he was the perfect like guy to come in because you know his production style. I feel like just like gelled with like. I don't know, just getting everything to kind of like sit right. Yeah, I feel that. With like yeah. the vibe of the track. And he also did, he had the idea of, because it starts with like the stripped down chorus, just like the keyboard and the singing. Yeah. He had the idea to add in that like huge like. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's what I was going to ask you about. I, I want to know, I want to know like what's that stack made of? Like in Logic of Pro Tools, like what? Because it's so like infectious. You yeah, know, it's like a, it's it's amazing. The main synth, well, it's a the main two synths are a DX7, uh, which is like '80s FM synth, and then that's like the keys sound, and then like the majority of the big, the big like sound is a Stevens Juno 106. So Steven Reg, he's got hey. a Juno 106, and it you know it's got the tone. And he's the synth lizard, so he cooked up the right patch and <laughs> the synth lizard. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, man, I I forgot who I played the song for, but it was like just at the crib on the Sonos that Noah got for me. Thank you. Sonos is like the plug for home entertainment. I'm just saying right now, if you don't have a Sonos, get a Sonos. <laughs> Sponsor us, motherfuckers. But do you see? It changed the game, didn't it? It. He yeah, and he is a great friend with it changed the game. Right. Change the game. Um, so I forget who I I think I was playing for like my brother's friends because I was like, oh, I'm gonna go see, or no, the record had just come out, okay. and I was like, oh, my homies put out a record, and they were like, what what do they sound like? And I played that song, yeah, and it catches everybody's like mm, head like, right oh, when yeah. that like facts. boom happens, and so that's why I wanted to ask you about it because yeah. I was just like, that's what someone who is like not into music at all mm-hmm. you know like that's what they were drawn to yeah. right and you know yeah. it's like that like hooky like this is like addicting like candy you know what i mean yeah, like sure. yeah. that's the easiest way Apple i describe it. is candy let's be honest like is there any difference man, I don't see and so. candy Ooh. i mean uh-oh. <laughs> uh-oh. <laughs> so james how did how did capital story come about i know you're from lagrange not too far off from where i grew up you know how dude fuck that dude we're so we're fuck that question dude fuck that question. <laughs> in this podcast we're not doing like you know when you go on a date and you ask those basic questions like oh where yeah. Like, oh, who, 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 are you? who wants to dive deep here? Yo, if we're <laughs> making a yes, fuck yes. If yeah. we're making a podcast, like fuck the like overarching mm-hmm. like general questions. Anybody can ask those questions, fair, you know. Fair. And okay. that's you know why we're here. So you think you want to be in the music industry? It's like you're you're maybe on the board borderline yeah you already are in the music industry you don't know how to make it yeah so let's ask something like how has he made bread or like how okay. how Facts has he utilized 
his bandmates to like further himself or like I don't know. Like, Actually, the utilizing bandmates because Cabo Soiree is not just Cabo Soiree. All the members do a whole bunch of different shit. So how did that kind of start initially to like branch out into like Rom to you know spreading what you guys do across a whole network of basic community and like the indie music? I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess it's just one of those things where like we've all been. I mean, this is what we do. We just like want to do the music stuff yeah and like with like the case of rom it's like rom has rom's a great songwriter and he has all those tracks yeah for that. and like i think like with capital soiree like we write certain kinds of songs for that and like with like the rom project like he had all these songs that were fire yeah and like had this unique vibe so he was like let's get that going so steven plays guitar but it's like capital soiree just twisting around like, yeah, yeah, drums. like yeah, but y'all are best it. friends yeah we're all best buddies and like that's the thing like We've been best friends, like we completely grew up together, and I think that that's like You're all from something. Grange? Well, yeah, around the area, like there, Brookfield, yeah. Brookfield yeah. Indian Head Park, Lagrange, like that's like all kind of where we grew up. Like me and Ram have been best buddies since third grade. Sweet. Steven has like me, Ram, and Steven have been best buddies since freshman year of high school. Oh shit! And that's when that, that's how long the band's been going. So it's I think like that is something that is underrated in the music industry. I think is like those actual like best friend like. The connections where like you really are like because everyone's like oh well i gotta go network and like meet the right people or whatever but yeah i think at the end of the day it's like that's like obviously extremely important but like having people that like you actually like like you guys you know who it's like it's hey. like oh these mm-hmm. are actually like my boys though mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah, where yeah. it's like i think that like adds a whole nother like dynamic and not just like hey like can you do me a favor and like longevity like, like, too because, like, doing a yeah, one-off one is, like, okay, cool, but when you come back time and time again to the point where it's, like, some OG people, right, that changes the game and how everything kind of approached. Right, and that's been, I think, like, the biggest game changer for us, like, doing anything and, like, me doing anything. It's, like, just, like, kind of being surrounded by people who are, like, have the similar goal of, like, wanting to make stuff happen. What's your goal for 2020? Oh, man. At, the, at what least is two. my goal for 2020? I want to play some good shows for sure. I mean, What does yeah. that mean? Like any shows or like some big like shows like, oh, shit, I played here? I I think good shows with good energy. I think that was because we had a release show at Hungry City. Good energy, I feel which, that. Um, well, that was, that was DIY, DIY, right? DIY spot. Yeah, 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 it's a DIY venue in Humboldt, but like they do it so legit. Like there's a staff, okay. like nice. a staff of like eight people that mm-hmm. like work wow. every night. Like, yeah, yeah. They bust ass, like, and the place is legit. There's good sound. Like, it's an actual room. It used to be a recording studio. Mm-hmm. Oh, sweet. And they, like, transformed it into this venue. And, like, we kind of, like, we were thinking, like, oh, how can we do our release show, you know? Because, like, obviously you guys know, and, like, I think everyone knows who's, like, involved in music industry. Like, everyone's been to a lot of shows, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, how do you make it different? What differentiates your show from someone else? And, like, with us, like, we put a lot of work into, like, making that EP. And, yeah. like, we wanted to like celebrate it we wanted to people to come to an event where they like kind of immersive almost like when you guys did clark street yeah how that was like a a fun event where it was like it's more than just a gig you know it's like yeah there's like it's a whole experience yeah you want to come because you want to fun the people are there like everyone's having a good time so we were like we want to like focus on the energy because we were going to do it at shuba's which we love shuba's it's our favorite venue yeah you guys had a great show there like a year ago yeah a year ago not just super sidetrack but fucking crazy ass snowstorm During like the polar vortex yeah negative like 15 we sold out shuba's dude that shit was <laughs> on a insane Thursday night. man i mean all all the 
bands on the bill were great. But anyways, yeah. continue. But yeah, no, so so basically, like coming coming off that, like we, you know, we were like maybe we'll do it at Shuba's, but this and that, and like we we're putting a bill together, and then also the pressures of like you got to play this venue, like you got to sell tickets, like. Not right. like you yeah, have, not that. like you have to, but you but want you, to. No, you, you but you have to though, to. Yeah, because like, it's know. like you know if you're if you're coming through at Shuba's and you're like not gonna sell, then like yeah, you're not gonna get an open round. Like they're yeah. they're a legit venue. Like they the sh- if a show is happening there, it's gonna be a good show. I mean, but I mean not like we thought the show was gonna fail, but we were like okay, we've done that shows pressure. at venues, we've done shows like at different venues, and like we've tried to get like. Hey, come to our show. But like we want it to be like, this is not just another local show. This is a release party. Yeah. Like yeah. this is a party to celebrate, you know. The like you would celebrate anything. Yeah. It's yeah. like you we're celebrating the release of this EP, like, and we want all the people who have like fucked with the band, like, cause they're like we're lucky to have people who have been like, you know, kind of caring about our shit for a while now. And like we wanted like everyone together, like we're all gonna have drinks and like yep. throw a party. We're gonna rip a set. We're gonna bring some killer bands. Like mm-hmm. it's gonna be a good time. Like it's something to do. And it was also a Saturday nights so where like Hungry City's the way to go. And I think it was probably our favorite show we've ever played. That's completely awesome. sold out, hit capacity like yeah. an hour before we played because we told yeah, everyone amazing. like we didn't tell anyone really what time we played. We were like, that's the way to do the it. beginning of the show. <laughs> that's yeah. the way to do it. Pack in there. And like everybody who came was like, I like, I was talking to Sean, like who's one of my good buddies. He plays like bass in Friday Palace Club. Yeah. And he was like, dude, that's actually like, I'm not even going to like bullshit you. That was the most fun local show I've ever been to. Yo, that's awesome. Yeah. And, and he's I, been to like, you know, hundreds of shows. And I was yeah. like, that actually means something. Cause yeah, like yeah. that was what we wanted. We didn't want it to be just. So I think that's what I said, like, when I talk about, like, what kind of shows do you want to play in, like, 2020, it's, like, I want to do more stuff like that where, like, it's, like, you know, there's a community, there's a sense of, like, you know, everyone's having fun. And, like, I looked around because, you know, there's different shows, like, as, like, being a, like, a local band or up-and-coming band or whatever, you play shows, like, you play all types of shows, like, very shitty shows, like, good shows. And, like, I think everyone's been there where you've played the show and, like, even if there's, like, bodies in the room people are kind of just like standing and like they're like maybe they're enjoying it but like they're like not like having the time of their life per se but like right i mean it you got you need to manifest a certain energy like as a yeah. band too but you totally, also need yeah. to feel it off of the people and then i mean the thing that i thought about a lot when you were talking about it is just like an authentic versus an inauthentic experience you know yeah. and it's like does an authentic experience at shuba's because you've done it so many times become inauthentic right yeah yeah you, just because you've done it so many times yeah. you know either as like a band or a customer you and know also creating like that intimacy you know what i mean like at what, do you, what like, do you mean by that a creating that intimacy how? like i think like there's certain there's certain like uh implications behind playing like an established venue versus mm-hmm. like even throwing like at a DIY venue, you know what I mean? And like, but there's po- both positive and negative implications to both of those. Mm-hmm. And I think like having a, a way where like you can create the intimacy and like the closeness, you know, cause I feel like when people see like, I know people will talk about like, they've seen like, oh, such and such band, like they played a house show and now they're huge or like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I know people will say like, Oh, I remember I saw like Twin Peaks, like, you know, and they were yeah, having come day, up, yeah. like, or, or something like that, you know, and they're like, I think it creates that sense of community when you're like, we're all here, we're having fun, you know what I mean? And like, you can create that at venues too, for mm-hmm. sure. 
But but it know. is like you have to work through more since it's established versus DIY. You kind of start bare you get bones. Like, yeah, and you get you, like you build what you want and be like, yeah, like, yeah, this is what we're gonna do. And so, do you think that's the future of shows looking forward? Because I feel with live entertainment, especially when you go to those those bigger shows, the Aragon, you know, House of Blues. Yeah, it's not as you can tell the band came into a space. You, it sounds like what you're describing. Capital Square created a space for their band and their community to perform at. Right. Yeah. So for sure. How do you see in like in the realm of production too? How do you see that kind of playing into the future of events? Being like, hey, you know, Foo Fighters, this is their house. Now it's their show. How right. is Friday Pilots Club going to put that together? Like, hey, this is Friday Pilots Club's house. Almost like they're in Wonderland for a show. Yeah, and I mean, I think like the idea of creating that at a venue is is definitely possible. I mean, I think like if you're, you know, if you can make it happen, like if you get a headlining date, even at a nice venue and like you mm-hmm. like present them with an idea. I think I've definitely seen bands who are able to like, you know, come to come through to a venue with like a cool production idea and like, like I don't know, like create something kind of more immersive, even at a concert venue. But, you know, with that, I think like, I think it's tough too, like going up against bands like who have like really huge budgets. I mean, that's always like, I feel like everyone's complaints like being like, a sm- smaller in the music industry yeah. you're like oh like okay it's like scrappy with it man yeah right like you don't you have like so much less to work with and that's like what was so eye-opening for me like when i'm doing some dates with friday pilots club yeah over the summer yeah we did uh bunbury and like we were like essentially like which was a cool ass festival yeah. cool music festival like super sick but we were the first like essentially the first band of the day mm-hmm and the last band of the day was the 1975. And it's crazy. Like, yeah, we're like sick, okay, though. so like here are people who are here to see like the 1975 happen yeah. to maybe be here earlier. They want to catch the set. And it's like 1975 rolls up in like fucking three trailers. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know I mean? And like, a crew of 15. Like LED panels. Like, you know, yeah, like a huge crew. Like they've got like mm-hmm. everything is just divided. Like everything. And we're like, hey, so we've got like couple amps like a laptop and like you know like you know what i mean hey man nothing wrong with it though like like, y'all are blessed to to be there right of course like i mean i would never you know it's like that was an amazing experience and like i was honored to even like be a part of it but still it's like you know a crazy thing about that like when you're like wanting to like you have these visions of like what you want to create, but then the limitations like How that. You, get there? Yeah, like, exactly. you know, sky's the limit for them. Yeah, like, honestly. But you gotta earn that. You know, you gotta earn that. I guess and like by doing it, being you know. able to curate that. Like, cause their shows are sick. Like they put on a show and it's like they curate totally. Like they're like, mm-hmm. this is the 1975s thing now. You know, like kind of like how you were saying, like with yeah. like creating that like environment and like that. You know, that aura, that vibe. You know, yeah, that's so important. I mean, I think something that resonated with me that you said, James, was. Uh, you know, it's all about taking that time and like paying your dues. Yeah. Okay, yeah. But I think also if you think about it, it acts as like a filter with time. And like I've thought about it also Chicago is like kind of like a filter. Like Chicago itself is a filter? Yeah. Explain that. What do you mean? So like, I mean, it's two separate ideas. Like okay. Chicago is a filter on itself mm-hmm. because of rent the Mm. jobs here whatever but being in a band too there's like that filter of time and that if someone doesn't put in the time or the effort like you can't just throw money into a project because it's inauthentic totally Totally. you know what i mean like you you can't just like expect to like go in it for a year 
and yeah. think that something is going to happen. I think you're so right about that. I feel like everyone's seen those bands, though, where, like, you know, they roll up with, like, the most expensive gear or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it yeah. doesn't you, fucking matter. You see like, it. At yeah. the end of the day, it's yeah. like, if you haven't paid your dues, like, that's not even going to, like, really, like, do what it's meant to do for you, I think. Like, I don't know. So why do you do music? What's Why do you do music for you? Well, I mean, I guess I can't really do anything else. <laughs> like, yeah, you're like, and then you no, I'm trash at everything else. No, but, Yo, uh, I do think that's a common thread between musicians. Right, but I, think I don't so? know. It's like, this is what I've always done. I mean, I've had, like, there's music playing in my head 24-7, and there has been yeah. my entire life. Like, yeah, I, I my that. mom always said, like, when I was a kid, like, I would sing myself to sleep when I was, like, a newborn <laughs> baby. Like, just, like, in the crib. Just, like, I've always liked music, and, like, it wasn't something that like as like a young kid i was like man i want to be like a musician i just like liked to it was a part music. of your life like it was yeah, a whole value liked, okay i ended up like i think what did it for me is like i really ended up liking to write songs like when i started songwriting mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. i was in like sixth grade yeah that was when i was like man like i love making songs like yeah. that is so much fun like what's the if you think of a song from your childhood what's one that always hits home for you <sighs> That's a hard question. There's so many. There's so many good OG bangers. <laughs> you know? That like pops up. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. My favorite band growing up though was a was a like a emo kind of pop punk band called the Academias. The Academias. They were from okay. Chicago actually, but uh, so definitely like their first record is called Almost Here. Okay. And that was like that was the first CD that I ever bought. Like the first Ooh. piece of music I ever bought. I was like really young, maybe like second third grade maybe and i oh, i remember wow. i heard like one of their songs on like an og youtube video like when youtube was like first mm-hmm. becoming a thing you know like, like 2000 like five six ish yeah, yeah. yeah around or that seven. era and like i know i think my brother showed me the video my older brother yeah and i was like man i love this song in this video like because you know that's i feel like for me it's, it's always comes down to the music at yeah. the end of the day i was like whatever the video is cool but like what is that song and so like i looked in the comments and like somebody had posted it and so then i went to borders yeah borders bookstore r.i.p <laughs> uh with like my family on like a, it was like a sunday or something they popped in there to like grab something and i was like looking uh and I found the CD in the CD section. And, like, you know, I'm a kid. I, like, no money. But I, like, yeah. spent, like, all my money, like, my 10 bucks, like, on that CD. CD. Yeah. And I was, like, yes. Like, it was so awesome. Like, and that was the first CD that was ever mine. Like, oh, that nice. ever belonged yeah. to me. The first, like, piece of music that ever was, like. Because, you know, I was, like, listening to my brother's shit or yeah. whatever. But, like. That would be first... yours. And, like, this is what I bought for myself. Yeah. It's, yeah. like, and this is my music. And it was, like, that feeling. I feel like that feeling of, like, being, like, you're so, like. You're connected to the music, you're connected to the band, and you feel like you're, like... So that, like, always, I think, sticks with me, like, as far as, like, my childhood and, like, an OG artist. Like, and I, I listen to the shit out of that CD. Like, I listen to it thousands of times, probably. That's, like, super interesting now, because how do you... Because you said you bought that CD as part of, like, it just held weight because it was physical. In music now, we don't... We buy yeah, music, crazy. but it's not, like, a physical thing that we can attach ourselves well, to. Well, what is interesting, too, is it's, like, I bought that cd because i liked i found that one song and i knew that one song yeah because you right, know it wasn't right. like i could go like hear the other songs like mm-hmm. really i guess like but i liked that one song so i was like i've got to own that i want to listen to that and, and the then, search like, to get it too of that, yeah because of that like i found all the other songs and all the and, like i became a fan of that band and i feel like now for artists to like gain true fans like that is yeah. so much harder because like now it's like okay 
I like fucking One Million Ways by Capital Soiree. Yeah. Throw it in my playlist. And that's you know it. what I mean? Yeah. That's the end, end yeah. of story. But before, it's like, okay, I like One Million Ways by Capital Soiree. Let me buy the CD. Mm-hmm. Now you're forced to listen to our other songs. Hey. <laughs> you know what I mean? But True. Like, which True. is good, though, which is cool, I think, for artists because, like, you'd have, like, you would be able to expose fans to, like, different shit that was maybe, like, a, a little bit, you know, I, like, it wouldn't be music? a single, per se. Yeah, like, when nah. you buy a CD and it's, like, you like one track, exactly. but you then you everything listen else. to all, yeah, you when you get the physical CD, you listen to all the other songs because you have, you put the CD and it's like, what are you going to do? Just listen, listen to one track song, and change the out. CD like every single time. Chances are you're going to let it play and like hear the other songs. See, but I see that now because let's say One Million Ways, for example, they've heard your, they've heard that one track and now they know who you are. Yeah. Now it's up to the band, all the bands to portray their why and what their brand represents for the song themselves. Before, like it's about all the different types of music. Now I think it's a much bigger picture of what the band represents yeah and that's what goes to the authenticity of you know putting bands together and you can tell bands that do have it when they don't what how long have we been together like how many years in like nine years okay that's like (laughs) i I know way too many bands in the four years we've been doing our shit they're like out of like business now over here nine years cooking it up still yeah they're about to be like uh what is it when you're living together with someone for 10 years you're officially married Oh my so god! Yeah. <laughs> True. In the best way possible, True. though. In the best way possible. That's really dope, actually. Funny. All right, so I mean, we'll just jump into this because this is way funnier than. I'm totally holding your microphone right now. It's very, uh, very aggressive, there, Drew. <laughs> <laughs> it's very girthy. <laughs> All right, so my favorite memory of Capital Soiree. I'll just, I'll just go out there with this, and we can segment into something else. Is after that show when and actually I'll Which preface show? this. Which show? Um when this polar vortex happened Shubas. in twenty nineteen okay. at Shubas. So I I will say to your statement about CDs, I think the new modern way of hearing all of someone's music, and I personally do this because I just fucking love music. Mm-hmm. I will physically, even though I know I could get free tickets by asking someone like at the venue, mm-hmm. I buy the ticket regardless. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? Yeah. And totally. so I think that's that's the modern way of listening to someone's music. You trying to shoot up? You ready? That's like the modern way to listen to all of a band's music, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. Because like I, the last ticket I did that for, I mean, I did that for your ticket at Sleeping Village next week. I oh, did that yeah. for Knocked Loose mm-hmm. that played at House of Blues. Mm-hmm. I know one of their records. I didn't listen to their newest record, but then I was like, whoa, your new record is fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. And to leave that where it is, like with concerts being like the modern like way of like supporting CDs, I think my favorite memory of Capital Soiree is after that show, did we go to, who was it Kate's Kate place? Kate Liddy's, yeah. yeah. Shout and, out to Kate Liddy, you're a fucking yeah. best. Yeah, put that out there, facts. <laughs> True. My favorite memory is when Steven just got fully naked at the party. <laughs> Ooh. Okay, Ooh, okay. That's hot. Not fully, but okay. yeah. Down to the briefs. Down to the briefs. <laughs> Wait a second. I don't know if... Uh... 
and true. I don't know if you saw this. Uh, and true, Stephen Fashion. On the uh, on the internet here. Well, everyone else, everyone else getting all. You only get to hear the audio, which I don't even know if there is any sound. Going Actually, on. that's how oh we get followers. I want to hear. You gotta find it. Please. Wait, wait, make sure. Wait, oh, yeah. wait, sure the mic. Wait, wait, and make sure the mic gets it. Internet. Oh, come on. The, there's. Are you uh, on Wi-Fi? No, I'm on the I'm on the LTE. Oh, there we go. Oh yes. Yes. <laughs> that night, <laughs> Welcome tries to pull himself up. <laughs> right. Crotch first. Let's try to pull himself up by the crotch. Also, I love it. I love your Finsta page. I'll be honest, it's just fucking fire. <laughs> it is Wait, goofy. fuck! I don't yeah, think Drew, I'm following where, where the Finsta. Are you at? True. Get, get in Wait, stuff, shout stuff. out, shout out your Finsta. Let's do it. No, we have to find oh, that. No, 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 no. That's secret. Find that. That's secret. The OG's right. got to find the Finstas. Yeah. I'll. Those who we'll, know, know. Exactly. <laughs> we'll, we'll connect on it later. Don't there we go. <laughs> don't worry. But yeah, that night was hilarious. But yeah, it's like that uh, motherfucker um, was trashed. Shirt off immediately. Shirt off the whole night. That, Going for it. That's so shirtless guy. <laughs> You're just like, yo, let's kiss, dude. <laughs> yo, the band is a vibe, man. 100%. I mean, dude. So, where's the future? Where's the future for you, the band, and your career? Oh, we're just trying to do music stuff, man. I mean, what does that mean? I like, wish do I could give you. I wish stuff. I could give you. Is like, it better to do it, or like, is it better to have a goal? Because that's something like we're dealing with right now. Right, yeah. Do you just go ahead and do it and let the system, the process, find your way there, or do you systematically like, I want to be here, so I'm gonna do this, 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 this to get yeah. there. So I, planning versus doing. Yeah, like I guess I never, land, I never really up. thought about it like that. I guess like, until you guys said that, I guess I didn't realize like I don't really, I guess, have a goal like a a hard like yeah achievable goal like for me it's like i'm just trying to do what i'm doing like i try to go to the studio every day and work on music Plain like time. i try yeah. to like you know like book my calendar with music things whether it be shows i mean i also like uh do audio like i'm a freelance producer mixing engineer and i do also work for a live sound company like you do live entertainment shit as well you're more I, lights, though, right? I'm more lights. I started in sound, but, like, props to you. I don't know how you can sit in a studio for, like, eight hours listening to the same, like, drum track over and over again. Yeah, definitely. Like, that drove me crazy the first, like, two weeks I tried studio producing. I'm like, I can't do this. Yeah. I really can't. But, yeah, so basically I'm just trying to book the calendar and, like, you know, go hard. I want to make, obviously, some – it's it's now, like, we just released the record, so it's, like, for Capital Story, big, mm-hmm. like, onto like, what's the next move, you know? Like, mm-hmm. we're constantly evolving as a band, I feel like. Yeah. Our sound, like, it's always, like, changing, like, slightly. So we're kind of, like, trying to, like, keep with the momentum and mm-hmm. make some good stuff. Like, this weekend, we're uh, we're going, we're going to, like, lock ourselves up in the studio and try to That's hot. hopefully That's hot. make something nice. But, yeah. So what, what's working. your what's your process when you're working with, with everybody versus yourself? Ooh, I like that. I like and that. So, hold on. Two, two questions. There's that question. So, like, working with everybody versus yourself. But then a, a side part of it is, do you think, what's your balance between extroverted and introverted? And how do you think that plays into your role in the studio? Yeah, that's, that definitely is a good question. Um, I mean, well, so I guess, for example, like I'll use the track Part of Me, which is on our new EP. I'll use that as an example for like the way we have... <clears throat> like collaborated with like the three of us working on a tune Uh and that tune what had happened essentially was i had a 
like I just started writing it one day and like had like the melodic ideas and like some lyrics and like the main like keyboard part, you know, cause it's like a synth or like keys part in the tune. And uh, I was at my place and I was like working on it, but I was like, it, the song wasn't getting finished. So I called Rom over. So Rom came over and he helped me flesh out some of the lyrical ideas of that tune. And so we like me and him then bare bones finished the track there like wrote this the song melody like music and lyrics like bare yeah. bones mm -hmm. yeah so me and him do that and then i go to the producing point so i you know do the drums and like um did like i think some bass on there like because it was like synthesizer and then um we then i had like a some bullshit like guitar parts and then steven came in and steven if you have heard the track, he rips a banging ass solo <laughs> at some point in the song. So I think like that's like as far as like us like working together to create a tune, like that was a tune where I think like the song would not be the same at all mm -hmm. without any of us, you know, because like lyrically yeah. with Rom and then like with Steven and played all the guitars on that track, mm -hmm. you know. And so I think like that's an example of like, but as far as like us all writing a tune together in, a, in the room mm -hmm. i think like that's the great thing about songwriting is like you have the opportunity to continuously like explore different methods of like writing so we actually like for being a band as of recently we don't really write in the same room like from scratch that much together right usually it's like somebody has an idea yeah like that like kind of starts a song and then maybe they'll like send it and like we'll all kind of like talk about it or like with like a tune that we're playing now, we play at the shows, it's a new song. We play it live. So like with that, there's like some room to, you know, like we start playing it live and you kind of like learn some things like, and like the song changes like slightly. And yeah, then, you, then we go back and change like the demo. But yeah. we're a band that works like, at least recently, we work super like in recording form. Like we're like a very much like a record, like we don't really get in a room and like jam so much yeah, not right. that we haven't like done that but like w with songwriting <laughs> normally it's all very like demo based mm -hmm. um you know what about the introverted extroverted thing that druid mentions yeah so i think for me i am like definitely a more introverted person so i think like a lot of like i've been trying that's something i've been changing like i think recently like as a writer and stuff mm -hmm. i've been trying to be more like open and extroverted and like work more through like collaborations and i think that's hard because when you're collaborating i think like as an artist like you really got to put yourself out there you know mm -hmm. like the vulnerability yeah. yeah the vulnerability of being like i'm gonna like spit this idea and like you might think it's trash and i might be embarrassed but you know what i mean and like yeah i think yeah, especially yeah. like because me being like kind of more of a shy person like mm -hmm. it's uh that's something i'm trying to like kind of like put behind me as far as like writing and like yeah, so I think a lot of times with me writing, it's, like, a lot of, like, me locking myself, like, alone in a room. I guess yeah. You, you know? So you, you feel most comfortable like that. Yeah, I really do. And, I mean, I kind of, like, I'll, like, just kind of play the same part for, like, hours or something or, like, loop something and, like, yeah. sit there, like, kind of with myself and, like, wait till something pops into my head. That process, ooh, that sounds really intimidating looking back at it. But, like, to get in that, like, deep dive creative, just, like, thinking about it, thinking about it, like yeah. oh pop there it is well you just need to really be comfortable with yourself for sure yeah because like if you weren't and that's hard enough but then to be comfortable like that with other people and luckily with like the boys max and steven i think that's what's so awesome about being in a band with your best friends in the entire world mm -hmm. 
and like having known each other for so long is it's like we are very comfortable with each other you know and like obviously we've had times like throughout those years like we've been making music together forever like we've gotten through all those times where it's like somebody has an idea and someone's like i hate that that's trash like no one's butthurt anyway yeah exactly yeah yeah we've been butthurt a million times already and like at this point like we're like we know we all share the same common goal of like making something really great. How did you? Th- how do you think you got past that point though? Like, it's of being tough. butthurt because it's like you have people's egos involved. Yeah, and like, I think there's still times like even if you say like you're past it, I think there's definitely still times where like, you know, you're working on something and like you feel so psyched about something and then someone tells you like they don't really like it. Yeah. Like I think for any artist, that's always hard, but I think that like you get better at like knowing like hey, well, like, we have a common goal here of, like, wanting to make something really great. Mm -hmm. And I know, Mm -hmm. like, you just got to not take it personal. It was easier said than done, but, like, I think because, you know, you're an artist and you put, like, so much of, like, yourself into something and then you're, like, someone talks shit about that and you're, like, whoa, you're talking shit about me. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah, Yeah, right. They're talking shit about an idea. Right. But it's hard to separate the idea from your identity, like yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Fire. Yo, those eighty suits though. Ooh, actually, they would. Where did make... that come from? Where did that come from? It's like let's put on a suit. Why not? So fuck it. We actually did it for our music video. Like okay. the, we have a music video for our track "Being Lonely." Yeah. And so we had this idea. We're like huge, huge fans of Hall and Oates. Like that is like Hall what? and Oates. I mean, I have no idea who they are. You're a rich girl. You know. Oh, you know, okay. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They yeah. have. They have so many hits, so many yes. hits, and like you know, obviously, like we're big, like big fans of the '80s kind of stuff, and like Hollow Notes has like always been a band that we've loved, and they have a music video for one of their tunes where they're all like kind of singing the song in like a like photo studio kind of thing, mm-hmm. and like yeah. it's super cheesy, kind of like really corny, yeah. but they're wearing like these suits, like and they're like all different like colors, kind of. And so we had this track being lonely and we're like, this is the perfect tune to like shout out that idea nice. and like create this like visual. So we bought the suits and they were expensive <laughs> <laughs> and we intended on returning them, <laughs> but we shot the video in the morning and that night we had a show at Shuba's opening up for the band Sports. Yeah. Oh, that's a, fun, a sick yeah. band, really fun show, like. Shout out to them for having us on that bill. Oklahoma but bands, honestly. I know, right? Crazy, yeah. Oklahoma. But uh, yeah, so we we like had the suits. We we're like, okay, well, we still got the suits. We already have them on. We did the video. Like, let's wear them to the gig tonight. That's like, hot. Fuck it. That's hot. Yeah. And so we wore them to the show, and like everybody was like, these suits are amazing. <laughs> like, <laughs> like we were like, oh, look, yeah. we're wearing the suits and whatever. And like for some reason, people like really, really liked it. Yeah. And we're like, well, fuck, now we can't return them because people yep. like it. You got to get more use out of it. Investments yeah, into like, the brand. We, did we didn't want to return them. We were going back and forth. Like, it was just like, we were definitely like going back and forth a ton about like not returning them because we really loved them and like we wanted to wear them a bunch. Yeah. Like, we wanted it to kind of become a thing, but it was also a ton of money. But once we played the show in them, yeah. We're like, there's no going back. Sold. We're like, that's Facts. like, so that's the thing for like our EP now. Like, I guess we're all the shows we're doing them in the suits. Well, you did suits. tracksuit daddies too. Yeah, we did tracksuit daddies for the Dancing All My Sins video. Yeah, mm. it's about the matching outfits. Yo, <laughs> very 80s. For real, man. Very like, 80s. It, I don't even think like some people 
might think that it's corny, but that shit is not corny at all. Like no, it's just G. It. It's branding. It, it, if you, you know? do if you do it right, if if done right, it's not okay, yeah. it's not corny. But yeah, because I know Max Max Rom was always a big uh, big supporter of the whole like we got to do matching outfits, and I was always like, man. I don't know, like, it's just got to be the right thing. Because I'm like, I pictured, like, yeah. you know, a band, like, they all go, like, wearing something corny, you know yeah, what I yeah. mean? And it's like, but no, I think we, uh, we found the right thing. Because we're not matching, per se, but we are. It's we're cohesive. Yeah. It's cohesive. So. It's done well. Done well. To wrap this up, James, what advice would you give to somebody who has ambition to be in the music industry or is just starting out in the music industry, whatever it is, what, what advice would you give them? I mean, I would just say, think about it a lot, like have it on your mind. I think that that's like a really underrated thing. Hmm. Like wanting to do something is like, you know, they're like, you can do anything if you put your mind to it, which is like such a, you know, it's like everyone says that, but actually like the idea of, I think like no one thinks enough about like, what does it mean to put your mind to something? For me, it's like, I like since I've been a kid, not that I'm like, you know, a big shot guy over here, like I'm done so much, but like, you know, I'm doing these things that I like doing and like You're progressing. That's, yeah, like I feel like it at least. And like since I've been into music, which has been pretty much always, like I've spent nearly every day thinking about music. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. that when something's on your mind, that's when like opportunities show themselves, you know? Cause mm-hmm. like if you're spending every day, you're like, man, I wanna like really like, book shows, I want to be in a band, like, I want to do something, like, if you're every day scheming, you know, just having it on your mind, yeah. next thing you know, scheming especially, like, yeah. right, someone comes up with an opportunity, they're like, hey, man, I'm going to this thing tonight, yeah. and since you're, like, thinking about it a lot, you're like, it leads to this actually, this, this, that could this, be a great this. thing, like, I'm yeah. connecting the dots Yeah, now. yes, that hits me a lot, I feel that. So, I don't know, I think that that's, like, I don't, because I don't think, it's one of those things where there's no clear path, you know, I think that's what fucks yeah. people up about the music industry, is there's yeah. no one way to do so, anything in it, it's just like. It's like loving the process. Yeah. You're like, you don't like the end goal more so than, like, scheming to make it happen, everything yeah, goes into it. putting your mind to it and just, like, thinking about it and looking, like, keeping your eyes open for cool shit to do, you know, and taking, like, like hey, I'm going to go to the show tonight, like. See what happens. You never you know. know. Why not? Like, exactly. You never know. Then you might maybe you meet some someone. Like... You're like, let's start a band. You know, or like, you know, let's, yeah. you know, start a company. <laughs> yeah, we touched. Wink, no, wink. and I touched tips. That's how it started. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Shout out to Music Garage, where it all started. Shout and out to here. Music Garage. Shout out to James Capital Soiree. The whole process, James. One day you'll be famous. You're famous oh, already, yeah. but like, I see it. <laughs> There's some people like you, you. You see enough people doing it. You're like, okay, yeah, that person. Okay, yeah, that person. Okay, I'm gonna see you guys later, in like five, ten years. That's just important. Well, I love y'all and eat it. You know, you guys are <laughs> you guys are the best. <laughs> thank you for having me on here, bro. Thank you for being sporadic. That's how we do it. That's how it is. Yeah. That's how you do it. Yeah, that's my goal. That's always. all you know. Last, last night, hey, you want to uh, do our podcast Yeah, like, tomorrow? Quickly, like, <laughs> quickly, it's in an hour. Yeah, yeah, we can make it happen. Uh, all right. Well, that was episode two of So You Want to Be in the Music Industry podcast. Thank you, James. I appreciate you and your time you've given us. And whenever the next one comes, we'll make it happen.
Wow, wow, wow.